Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Flip Flop Experience. I am here with my co-host, Leah Thrapp, the adventurous herself. Hey, Leah. Hey. What are you doing? I am having a blast today here at the studio. You look really pretty today. Oh, thank you. You really, I, I was looking at you thinking how you're in your mermaid finest. <laughs> thank your, you. Your finery. And, and where did you get that necklace you have on? I got this in Croatia on one of our sailing trips. Oh, we have to, you know, that should be a show. We should do a show about accessories that you find in other yes, countries. Yes, it's fun. Because it makes you feel happy when you wake up in the morning and put on a piece of jewelry you bought on a fun vacation. I like that a lot. Well, you know, we could sit and talk about accessories and all of the travel that you've been doing recently all day long, but we have a guest. Yes, we do. We're super excited to have Chris Smeaton here. Thank you, everyone. And he is a dear friend for many, many years and a fellow adventurer. We've been on lots of adventures together. Well, hello, Chris. Welcome. Thank you. I just want everyone to know I did not buy this necklace in Croatia. <laughs> Well, where did you get your necklace? It was just down the street. It's a guy on the corner. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I saw that guy. He had Rolexes too, but we went. Oh, yeah. We need to go get a Rolex. We should. Let's all take a field trip after the recording. <laughs> so you guys have been friends for a very long time. Yes. Longer than we would probably like to We've admit. decided we're not going to do the math on the air. Correct. That's so awesome because you have a lot of friends that, I, that I've gotten to know that yes. you've, you've carried through life. I'm the same kind of person. I carry people through life whether I like them or not. <laughs> Luckily, I do like Chris, for the record. I don't know. I hear you're the, the great traveler, that you're fun to travel with, you enjoy your experiences, and that you've you've gone on several. I do like to bring the party. That is true. <laughs> nice. That is awesome. He has a reputation for bringing I do, the party. I do. And, and I have the to, music. And I have to uphold it. Yes, yeah. yes. Now it's kind of a requirement. So, question. What was your first trip with Flip Flops? So, my first trip was an Italy trip Ooh, uh, to good Tuscany one. a few years ago, which still ranks as one of my all-time – well, actually, all three of your trips I've been on all rank as my all-time favorite trips. But, oh, you know, you. that one kind of being the first and just that experience was wonderful. Well, I love Italy as well. That was my first experience mm -hmm. with Leo was Italy in Tuscany, the greatest place, San Gimignano. You know, it's funny. It's, I could not say that for the longest time. <laughs> and Leah would give me – even when we were over there, I couldn't get it out. And then all of a sudden, it just started rolling off the tongue like it was supposed to. If you hang out in Italy long enough, you, you can start to say it right. You start to think you're Italian. Yeah. Well, so you did Italy. What was next? Next was Greece. Greece. Which was, Greece! Yes, it was absolutely wonderful. Um that, I think, was the all-time, like, all-time, all-time, all-time. Best, 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 best? Best, best, best. That was trip. for my big – I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but that was my big fat Greek birthday party is what yes. I called it. Yeah, if well, I had a blowout. We're not talking age of our friendship. We won't talk our ages either. But it was for a milestone birthday yes. that a bunch of us shared yes. uh, in I remember in you turned 25 recently. Yeah, yes. we all turned 25. Yeah. It was awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> Legal yeah. to drink only the third time around. Right. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. And then your other trip, your Scotland. third trip, Scotland. Scotland was the third one, yeah. Scotland. Mm -hmm. I'm Scottish, so I, I appreciate that. Yes, yes. yes. Well, he's, I, gotten, I, he's gotten a wide variety yeah, of Yeah, I almost bought a kilt, but it came that close. Oh, yeah. Now, see, that I think is something women love that. You should have done that. You know, I learned a lot about men's fashion in Scotland. Our tour guide was uh, a very handsome guy and dressed to the nines every day in a kilt. 
So the full-on yeah, yeah, the full-on deal, yeah. It that's was where the haberdashery funny. comes from. That's right. It does. So, okay, that's pretty cool. So we have we have a good basis. Do you have a, a place that you're going next? Have you decided? You know, we haven't booked the next one. That's that's usually heresy, though, in our relationship. Like, I know. When you're on a trip, you have to have the next you one You have to commit to what you're right? doing with yeah, me next. It's got to be an advanced thing. So, um, But you've got so many other good things coming up, you know, Vienna, and then you did all your scouting mm-hmm. and in Africa. So I'm like, okay, which which one's going to be next, right? We have to pick one. Yeah, we're going to go sailing again in Greece in September. Mm-hmm. So you might have to go on one or more Correct. of the next upcoming trips. I think I'm going to Africa. That's my next trip. Uh, Jenny, who you both know from our, our team and also friends with y'all, grew up with y'all, is going with you to Italy. Yes. We're going to have to get her in to talk about that at some point, too, after she goes. But so Italy was my my first time to be truly alone on a trip. Like, you know, I traveled and got there and did all of that, and I really enjoyed myself. But one of the things I did not expect was the farm and, and all of the great places. What was your favorite part about Italy? Oh, it was definitely the farm. You know, my uh, my great-grandmother on my dad's side and her husband, and we were both first, you know, immigrants to America and our family from Italy. And so they they hail from that area of northern Italy in oh, Tuscany. Wow. So kind of growing up with a heavy Italian influence in the family, it was really interesting to go and then not just be in cities, right? It's not like you went to Rome or any, you know, um, Venice or something like that. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, this is a real working farm in a rural area of the country, um, and having conversations with some of the family members that run that farm, like uh, the uncle, I forget his name. I'd have to go back and yeah. look it up, Sarah's uncle. but Arenzo. Yeah, that's right. And just hearing their stories, talking to them about their family history, giving our old family name, and they recognize that name, can tell you that they know people with that last name that are descendants, right? That kind of stuff is just super cool that you don't get on a regular trip if you just went took a flight to Rome and hung out for a week. Love That's it. so true. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, Italy's so special, but it takes you landing and being there centered in it to know mm-hmm. how incredible that country truly is. I loved that trip. It was it was utterly life-changing. If well, it was up to me, everyone would go on that Italy trip with me as one of should. your flip-flops and adventures. That's trips. a good goal to have. Right? Yeah. Maybe that should be everybody's first trip. Yeah, exactly, right? No. That's the inaugural, a good intro. That's the inaugural trip, right? Do you remember what you said when you got out of the car at the farm? No. I always remember what Chris said. So Chris went on the actual first flip-flops and adventures tour, and it was to the farm in Italy. So he was there, the very, very first one, and um, he got out of the car, and that view from the terrace is just stunning. And it's it looks fake. Like, it, it doesn't matter how many times you see it. You just think, like, is this, is this real life? Like, is this a movie set? It's crazy. And so Chris got out of the car and he told me, he said, so I've heard you talk about this place for years and I 100% believed you, but nothing that you told me like prepared me for it, like this view. It's true. That is true. Yeah. It really is. I do remember saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the memories I carry with me was uh, one morning after breakfast, sitting out on the terrace having coffee. And I don't know if it it must have been a guest or someone else staying at the farm that wasn't part of our group. But this man was sitting in a chair on the terrace looking out – over the valley and over the town, and he was pencil drawing it on a piece mm, of paper. I love that. And I have a picture standing behind him oh, that I took of him drawing picture. the I pencil drawing. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll send it to you. That needs to be on your website. Yeah, yeah, I it love was that. really cool just just to watch him, and he was a great artist just Very with cool. a pencil and a piece of 
piece of paper. I feel like Italy would inspire you to be an artist even if you weren't. Like, <laughs> make you well, want to be an artist. Yeah, I could have drawn stick figures on a farm. <laughs> like, here we are, right? Well, you know, he was out there drawing. Think about how many pictures and how I placed y'all and I waited for Golden Hour to take pictures mm-hmm. and video and everything. There was just – that terrace, there was just something very special. And then, of course, up by my room, there was that other – High terrace, you know, that you can mm-hmm. kind of sit out the one chair. The, the you, one know, chair. you just sit there and look out on the valley and yeah. it just blows my mind how people don't know what they're going to experience until they get there. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you my favorite part of the farm, and maybe this is kind of crazy, is getting up every morning and everybody, buongiorno, buongiorno, buongiorno. And, <laughs> and it just felt so happy and friendly. It's like it's like Texas. Yeah. Hey, hi. How are you? How are you doing? Part of the family. Yes. That's right. And the way they slung breakfast, too, was great. Like, oh, my God. That was also like familial where you'd like walk in and it was like your grandmother was there serving yes. you breakfast. You know, yes. One hand, you feel guilty. You're like, no, 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 I'll get that. And the other hand, you're like, no, OK, great. Send it over here because it's fantastic. <laughs> I can't turn it down. Yeah, I can't turn it down. <laughs> I can't get my yogurt over here. Like I've tried <laughs> right? everywhere. I've even gone to the distributor. I'm like, hey, we own a food group. Could I please get this yogurt? And they're like, no, it's just in Italy. Yep. Yeah. Apricot yogurt. I know. So good. It was very good. So, okay, we could talk about Italy all day. And the food. And the food. And I think the key point for me on that was just experiencing something that was off the beaten path, right? Something that you wouldn't know to do unless you have someone like Leah that knows those connections, knows those people, right? That's the cool part. Because it's like any anywhere, even us locally, if you know somebody that's coming into town mm-hmm. and they tell you they're going to go do something like super mainstream touristy, you're like, no, 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 don't do that. You yeah. want to go over here for the best Mexican food. You want to go over here for the best sp- stuff, right? It's the same thing where you travel to any country. If it's your first time or you've never been there, you kind of have to go sometimes on what's the more mm-hmm. mainstream touristy stuff. Yeah. I enjoyed – you know, the thing about it, we went to Florence first mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that because – you know, and this is going to date me, but the two of you, it's going to date y'all too, because I know you had encyclopedias. <laughs> you know, remember the pictures uh, that were only this big of the Statue of David, you know, that were in the encyclopedia when you're growing up? Yes. And all of those, in, you know, Medusa's head. Yeah. He knows, I just got, I couldn't believe it. it was, Medusa's head, I'm finally seeing it, you know, it's not this big. And I know the pictures, even on the internet, y'all know that you go there and the pictures sometimes are that big unless there's well, somebody else. Well, the David else's. is a lot larger than life than. I think than you ever imagine it. It is. It is. And there's so much to it. And people stand, the people who stand by it, but also the, the kitschiness of every shop having a little bitty tiny David and big (laughs) David statues. I brought back one for my, my partner, Joe, and it was just, you know, it's, it's incredible that you're seeing a part of history, but at the same time, you get to see it in a, a comical and cultural view, both ways. <laughs> the simple David made me think of you. <laughs> there you go. That, you was, go. that was a good one. Well, okay, so we enjoyed Italy a lot. Moving on to Greece. How is Greece? I have never been there. I want to go, so I want to hear about it. Okay, so Greece blew my mind in a lot of different ways. Okay, so first off, just Athens in and of itself, right? I think – we don't experience ancient cities yes. in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. As Americans. They do not exist, yeah. right? Like our yeah. oldest cities are hundreds of years old, right, instead of thousands. And so seeing just the juxtaposition of ancient ruins or ancient architecture versus a modern working city was just really kind of cool to see. And so we did a stay at this really cool 
boutique hotel. They called themselves a foodie hotel. Yeah, it was a foodie. Which stuck to me in right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> and when you walked into the lobby, there was a fully functional shop in the bottom that not only had fresh produce, but it was like a grocery and they had meats and a deli bar and a coffee shop and a, you know, sundry shop. You get all your, so locals are in there buying, you know, supplies to go home and make dinner, right? And then on the next level, you had a, a cafe where they served breakfast and then these cool little boutique rooms, which were super cool. So the that experience was interesting, a little rooftop bar where you go to sit and have cocktails and you're staring out over the ruins of ancient Greece. The Acropolis just, is yeah, all lit the, up at nighttime. Yeah, it was just incredible. Just mind-blowing that you're having a cocktail and you're looking up at the Acropolis was just insane. And kind of the same thing around the encyclopedia and the little images, right? You're yes. like, oh, I've seen pictures like of the life. Acropolis, right, but now I'm looking at it. That's pretty cool. Uh, so and that, thinking of all the history. Right, mm-hmm. right. Everyone that's looked at that view before and what was happening when people were sitting in the shadow of those buildings before is pretty humbling to think about, really. Right. And so, you know, the history of it to me is very interesting. And so the next day we took a walking tour with a a guide and not only was he just hilarious, but he was so incredibly knowledgeable. And so we did this, how many miles did we walk? It was like, I don't know, must have been like three or four. Yeah, four or five miles. But you go through all parts of the city. You went up to the Acropolis and went in and actually got to be on the grounds. And at every stop, it's just a history lesson of this guy telling you, you know, all about the history of why you're there, what happened there, the architecture, right? Like one thing that blew my mind is when he gave us this entire lecture about the columns of the Acropolis mm-hmm. and how they actually are not vertical. Really? Even though it's your mind and your eye sees vertical columns, if you stand a certain way, you can see that they all tilt inwards, right? And that's, that's interesting. structural so that it actually stays together and doesn't fall apart. But you wouldn't know that, right? Just looking at pictures or even, even being there walking around. So – Learning so much about the history of it was super cool and seeing the changing of the guard at the mm. the palace. Like all of that was just incredible to me because it's it's a very European thing. We don't have yes, that here, yes. right? You're not going to go to the White House and watch the changing of the guard or something. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. If you do, you might get in trouble. Right. Well, I only tried that once. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> Well, we did the food, the walking food tour in Athens too. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah which was really cool. I yeah, think. that was great. Like we did these little stops where they would serve food, little bites, and then different wines or different, you know, um, little samples of stuff, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then we ended that at a dinner. I think, yeah, like full on dinner at the last stop. Um, it was a local. So it was a local chef. She was a local chef that curated the tour. So. Mm-hmm. She took us all her favorite little haunts, and that was really fun. And she ordered for us. Like, everything was pre-ordered. She she knew what you should eat there. That same thing that Chris was talking about, getting a local person to tell you where no, where you really want to go. So right. it was really fun. And the thing that got me on that one was the olive oil because yeah. you're predisposed to think that that's an Italian thing, right? Olive oil is Italian. But mm-hmm. Greeks are, you know, just as into that as well. And so – one of those tastings was an olive oil tasting. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a wine tasting where they're telling you, hey, here's what you're going to taste in this oil. This one's heavier. This one's lighter. This one's made out of this grape. One of them makes this you cough. Olive. This, yeah, this one makes you cough. Yeah. It, it's like <laughs> it's really weird. weird. We all took the, the cough sample one and everyone's you know hacking it up. <laughs> right. It's so weird. Because <laughs> everybody wanted to <laughs> It really cough. did make you yeah, cough. The yeah, the Greeks are trying to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess you think about it. There's a lot of olive uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, whenever they do that, the olive branches. Mm-hmm. God, I can't think. Uh, honestly, Greece is on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And Sardinia. Mm-hmm. I love Sardinia. But well, that was just the beginning of the Greece trip. That was right. just the tiny yeah. preview taste. Yeah. So uh, we did go out for the collective birthdays, right? Didn't we go out 
that one night. Well, you made your wife get back out of bed that night? Yeah. In Athens? Yeah. yeah. I went to bed. That's right. You did go to bed. But a few of us went back out to this well-known bar and had cocktails like three in the morning. The clumsies? Yeah, clumsies. Were you screaming, yeah. Opa! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I think there was like 10 of us that had summer birthdays this summer. Yeah. 10 of us that had milestone birthdays yeah. on that trip. That's really awesome yeah, that y'all cool. got to do that as friends, but also I'm sure it was a very special trip for you. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. It was special. Yeah, you know, and it was special too because, right, it was your first kind of time taking a group of people to Athens and then on mm-hmm. the little sailing excursion. And so, you know, it was... And it was the first time we were able to travel together in two right. years. So this right. group of people that went on this trip, we have been on tons of trips together. We hang out together. We love to eat together. During COVID, we'd all been separated for most of the time and only seen each other rarely. Some of us hadn't seen each other during the whole two years. So to be together for that big milestone birthday, I mean, I, I tried to do a speech on my birthday. I couldn't even talk. I was just... To be finally traveling again, to be with these people having this time was just... It was too much. Like, it was really special. Yeah, it was cool. So we finished up in Athens, and then we boarded two large catamarans at the port in Athens to spend the next week sailing through the Mediterranean. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. And that experience in and of itself was incredible of like assembling the group at the port and meeting with the captains and making sure all the paperwork, like we didn't have to do that. We sat and drank at the bar and (laughs) Leo's like running around. Okay. We have all the paperwork. We're okay here. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. It was, it was, (laughs) it was July. Yeah. It was July. It was hot. And, you know, so that experience was cool. And then, you know, like because we're a group of friends and it wasn't like such a high pressure curated tour, right? It was like, hey, we get to help out. So like I remember, you know, Justin and I and you, like we went and like stocked up everything at the yeah. grocery store while the cooks and the host from the boats were like checking off everything off the list of things we're going to need to cook all the meals and do all of this and then loading it all up and getting it over to the boats and getting those provisioned. And, you know, it was just really kind of a cool experience to be a part of that. Not just like, hey, I'm going to sit here and then step on the boat and it's all ready mm-hmm. to go. Like, I, I enjoyed that. Right? that I'm part glad you enjoyed cool. that. And no boxes on the boat. Long day. It was a long day, but it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, some of the best memories are like, how are we going to get these groceries to the boat? Okay, we have one hired car. He can't fit everything at one time. So we're going to make 18 trips from yes. the store to the dock. And the but, boats were like a mile from each other in the Wait, dock. y'all right. didn't hire somebody to do that for you? Well, we kind of Because I did in Tortola. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So the way it was supposed to work, I think, was the chef and the hostess were going to work with the driver and the captains and get everything provisioned. But because of some delays, I think, in the paperwork or whatever, it ended up being like, well, we can sit here and wait on them. Or we or can we help. Can help. Them. Or you could contribute. Or you can help. contribute, yeah. right? And well, no, so, and that's why I brought that up. Is that normally that it might be included? But you guys were like, "Hey, we'll, we'll help you. Yeah. We'll do this." Right. But if we didn't get out by a certain point, we couldn't leave the dock that night. That's that was the thing. That was the motivating factor. So a lot of most charters don't leave that night. Most charters stay at the dock that night and leave the next morning. Mm-hmm. But we were like we're determined. You were hell bent on getting yeah, out. Yeah, we're like getting out of here. Exactly. And so we we're like, whatever we have to do to get these boats out of the dock, let's do it so we can not spend the night in right. the port. Right. Right. So. so it was great. We got the boats provisioned up. You got to meet your captain, have your safety briefing, and then the boats headed out. And I've, I mean, I've been on sailboats. I've been on powerboats. I've been on cruises. But I'd never – well, I guess one time I think I was on a large catamaran around the lake or something. At our wedding. Yeah, yeah that's right. I think it was your <laughs> wedding reception. Um, but I'd never been on a 50-foot catamaran in the ocean. It was just incredible to kind of have that whole experience, right, of – and I remember talking to Justin about it, like, well, you know, how how much rocking do you have? Do we need to have, like, Dramamine or motion sickness? He's like, ah, you'll be fine. And so a lot of us 
were like, hey, we're great. And then there were a couple of people, yeah, I think, on your boat night. that were like, oh, no, no, they were they were a little rough. But it was just such a cool experience to hop on this thing and, like, pick a cabin, get mm-hmm. your stuff all stowed, get your bags packed because you're going to live on this thing for a week. It's not like I'm going between the boat and onshore accommodations or something every day or every night. It's like this is this is just your spot, right? Like you've got your bathroom, your shower. You're your, floating home. You're floating home. Yeah, it was great. And they had the salons up top and – you know, we stocked it with plenty of alcohol, so you're having cocktails or, you know, on the Lido deck, you're drinking champagne on the Lido out, deck. Right? While, you're, <laughs> while your captain's doing the thing. So that was just really uh, amazing. And the thing about, I think, the Mediterranean for me that I was not prepared for, I expected the water to be like the North Atlantic, like off the coast of New England or something mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, dark green and, you know, whatever. This was like tropical, sea all the way to the bottom. Clear blue. Clear blue. And, you know, our captain was explaining, you know, one of the things that makes the med so clear is that it's not very silty. It's more rocky. They have a lot of crushed rock in the bottom mm-hmm. as opposed to sand. And so it's not very murky water. It's it's beautiful and blue and clear and probably, I don't know, 60 degrees, 58 degrees was the yeah. water temperature probably. So Perfection. It was refreshing it was perfect, when you yeah. hop in. And so we were just like the party boats. Like we had all these big inflatables strapped to the back. <laughs> Leah had a huge inflatable unicorn float. What did we name her? Persephone. Persephone. The, I named her Persephone. Yeah. I, I did follow that trip yeah. from social media. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. And so every day we would just sail to a different spot and either overnight in a port at a island. And I think the first night we stopped and watched, was it the World Cup that was on? Yeah. I think we – the yeah. last game of the World Cup. The last Cup, game of the I World think, Cup. Yeah. So we stopped at a port, had dinner, watched the World Cup. At they a brought bar. a TV they outside. They brought a TV outside. Put it watch. right yeah. next to our boat. Them. Yeah. But, you know, it was just super, super cool. And our captain, well, both the captains were like just characters. Mm-hmm. And the guy that was on my boat was, um, he's Greek, but he lives in Spain and he has, you know, a girlfriend who was pregnant, he's telling you all about that. And then he was totally cool to let you drive the boat. He's like, yeah, hey, you work. I'm going to sit here and, you know, have a cup of coffee while I just make sure you don't kill anybody. And he was just really a great guy and super knowledgeable and wanted to teach you if you wanted to learn about sailing mm-hmm. the boat. See, that's awesome. Which that was, was really a cool. great experience, right? That was a lot of fun for me because I have a small base level knowledge, right? But then the other guys that were on the boat, out of all of our couples, all of us were, you know, we'd either owned a boat before, we'd been on boats or had an interest in it. And so he just put us all to work. It was like, hey, you grab this line when we dock, yeah. you do this, you run the anchor, you pull the sail. Yeah. Right? It was just it was it was not like very It was interactive. I mean, it could be hands off if you wanted it to be. Yes. Right. They're not gonna force you to do anything, but if you wanted to get involved, it was like we will involve you as much as you would like. Which yeah. I thought was really cool. I think that's I like to get involved because you're meeting new people, you're right. doing new things, and you're being a part of an experience. I also think that whenever you do that, that the creates more of a memory because you were hands-on and you were tactile. Mm-hmm. You will remember how it felt and all when of those the sh- things. The shared experience is bonding too. Like I think when you're with your cabin mates and your crewmates, when you're all working as a team to sail the boat and you get the sails up and you turn off the motor and your boat is going and you sit down with your drink, you're like, ah. I did we that. Just did that together, guys. I have made fire. Good job. Yeah, yeah. So I have made fire. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. So fun. I love that. Oh God, we could talk about Greece all day, but um, you did have fireworks on the beach. We did. Yeah, we it, did. That was another fun experience too. You know, we that I think was a really great kind of a. I don't know how to say what I'm trying to say, but like at one point in time, you know, you're on the boat. Then you have we had 
reservations at the resort one day at the Four mm-hmm. Seasons on one of the islands. One yeah. night you're anchored up at this little cove out in the middle of nowhere where your captain has hidden a barbecue grill <laughs> on the nice. island and you have to go find it behind yes. some rocks and then he's cooking steaks for you over a you know charcoal fire. Like, so y'all just, did the amazing race too? Right. It was like the <laughs> spectrum. Know. It was all across the spectrum yeah. right from one end to That's the other. Awesome. It was like you're at a five-star resort, people getting massages, sitting on the beach drinking cocktails and watching fireworks and having an amazing seaside dinner, you know, with a private fireworks show from a freaking boat. You know, Best surprise yeah. I pulled off to date. Yeah, it was for it, the incredible, right? It's just so just the entirety of from one end of things to the other and experiencing all of it in between was really cool. Yeah, there was one night, too, that um, – so we did my birthday night. We did the resort, had the private dinner, and then I had – been planning for months this fireworks show. I had told the captain, of course, I ask a thousand questions. Whoever works with me knows that there's like so much nitpicky thousand questions, get everything just the way I want it. So I told him, before, I said, okay, are you ready for my most ridiculous question yet? He's British. So he's like a very stiff upper lip British. And he was like, sure. And I was like, do you know how I can hire someone to do a private fireworks show? Not that I'm Beyonce, but I do really want a private fireworks show. And he was like, I'm glad you prepared me. That is your most ridiculous question. <laughs> And I was like, but I really want it. And so we, so he was shocked that we found someone to do it. But we did at this little resort. We found someone to do the. So we told the guests we had put a note and said, meet us on the beach um, at 9 o'clock for a surprise. And we put sparklers with it. And they thought that was the surprise. But then fireworks started shooting off. And it was super fun. It was a really memorable, fun night for sure to be there with our friends and finally traveling again. And like Chris said, it was a really good juxtaposition because the very next night was the night that we went to this deserted island and our captain knew about a barbecue grill he'd hidden there. And we went to a different island to pick up steaks at a butcher that he knew. And we went and got some ribeyes and we came over here and cooked these amazing steaks that like no one will ever forget. They somehow tasted better than like any steak you ever ate, you know. And the guys were all, again, put to work. They were building fires and they were carrying stuff back and forth between shore. And like they were they were working for their dinner, but we had the best time. And then that night, the stars were amazing because there was no light pollution at all. And you could see the Milky Way. And Chris, part of his bringing the party is that he brought his guitar and was playing. We're sitting out on the front of the trampoline, the catamaran, under like these amazing stars, listening to him play guitar and us singing along. And it was just like one of those magic moments that you put in. Yeah, magic. Like none of us will ever forget it, I think. You know, it was just so special. And a couple of nights later, everybody was like, Hey, can we do that again? Let's figure out how to recreate that. So then they had to try to find us a different secret, you know, hidden island. And they did. They found us they another did. one. Yeah, and we, we did another one. We had an amazing night just like that. And it was so fun. But it was um, really memorable. So That is incredible. And, you know, she tags me and everything. Mm-hmm. So I get to sit there, you know, as, as I'm in a heated meeting or I've been working all day. <laughs> and I get to see y'all having fireworks. And all this amazing stuff. Living vicariously. Living vicariously. And it always brings me back to center. It always makes me, I don't get, I'm not like, it's not a jealousy thing. It's more of a, ooh, I have a wanderlust. I want to go do that. I want to, I think you really do a great job of sharing the experience through social as well. I really do. I told the guys on the boat that trip, I said, okay, guys, our um, goal is to create gentle FOMO. So just a little bit of fear missing out for everyone that didn't come with us. So the That's next time. It was. it was gentle FOMO. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to be upset about it. I just want you, when I say next time, sign up before it sells out, I want you to be motivated to get on it that and book you your trip. get that gut feeling that yeah, you have no, to do You it. don't want to miss it. Let's go. I'm afraid I'm the jealous one, right? Like I, <laughs> when you guys were in Africa or you know, what was it, last week when you are in Mexico, I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, why? Why? Why am I working? Why but do you know why here? you feel that way? It's because you haven't booked your next tour yet. Exactly. If right. you were ready yeah, for my next tour, correct. you wouldn't feel sad. I was going to say, yeah. you, you'll leave. 
leave this podcast, you'll go home and talk to your wife. Okay, this is where we're going. We're going here next. And I have to say, it's hard for me. I've been wanting to go do some research in Scotland, and she knows that. So Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to not go, okay, I'll go to Ireland, and then I'll just jump over to Scotland. But Mm -hmm. then I want to be with her when I first experience Scotland. But then there's all this history that I need to investigate. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing Africa or if I'm going to do Ireland or what I'm going to do this year. Yeah, if you ask Leah, the answer is yes. Yes, that is true. I think it's going to be Africa. Mm. I really, really do. It was pretty epic. It was. You guys need to both come to Africa. We'd have yeah, a great time. Love to do that. So we went to Scotland pretty close to Greece. We went to Greece in the middle to end of July and then first week of September. September, sec- first, second week. Yeah. We were in Scotland again with them, almost the same crew, a bunch mm-hmm. of the same people. And we had... An amazing time there, too. So, Scotland. Favorite part about Scotland? Whiskey. <laughs> he didn't even hesitate. Yeah. He didn't have to think at all. Yeah. It's really good. You know, it um, again, like the whole cultural thing, mm-hmm. we stayed at this one, this really cool little boutique spot. And you can tell I researched and so prepared for this conversation because I don't remember <laughs> names of anything. That's okay. Don't give away my secrets. Yeah, right. fine. Great. Um, <laughs> but we stayed – we took over this – almost this entire – an old house in a little village that we stayed at for a couple of nights. And it was beautifully redone as a and b And they had this bar downstairs that had all the whiskeys of Scotland. It was like over 500 of them. It was just incredible. And the bartender is also a distiller and a brewer, master mm-hmm. brewer. Oh, wow. And so he knew everything there was to know about scotch whiskey. And he also knew about beer. And one thing that I learned was that apparently in Scotland, the traditional way to consume Scotch whiskey is side by side with a beer. I did know that. I did not know that. That was my grandfather's thing. Yeah, I did not know that. And so that's why they offer beer pours in a half a pint or a full pint. And you can then get a dram of whiskey in different sizes. So to take it to the next level, then he says, and we have a local brewery down the street. I am a master brewer, but I developed our own signature beer for the hotel that I think pairs really well with the certain subset of Scotch oh, whiskey. Wow. So then he takes you through we were there a couple nights and every night it was like, all right, he's just pouring glasses of scotch and and pulling the tap for his beer and side by side you just drink them at the same time. And that was a whole new experience for me because traditionally, right, you either drink one or the other, or mm-hmm. if you're you know, a dumb American, you'll take a shot of something and chase yes. it with a beer, mm-hmm. right? And these people are like, you uncultured, you know, <laughs> clowns. So it, just learning that was really great. And then one night he did a, a scotch tasting for us uh, of some higher-end scotches. And that was incredible to learn too because not being from there, right? You you know name brands of scotches you have distributed in the United States. Yes. But he would say, okay, if you like this particular scotch you can buy in the U.S., this is made by maybe the same distillery but under a different name. And so we actually started looking up some of these other scotches and you can buy them in the United States. That's awesome. For less money than some of the quote unquote name brands. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'd like. Even better. Yes. Right? And so that that experience was great. And being able to go to a couple of distilleries and take distillery tours and being able to go to a cooperage and see them making and repairing barrels, right? And they love to see the Americans coming because they get most, if not all, of their barrels from Kentucky from yeah. the mm-hmm. bourbon industry because we can only use them once for bourbon, but they can use them multiple times for scotch. Mm-hmm. So that 
for me, like when Leah said whiskey, I was like, I'm in, whatever. Like I thought of that trip with Chris in mind. Yeah, right? anything else. That, when I created that trip, I was like, here's a trip for you. Yeah, like <laughs> all the other stuff was great. We can certainly talk about it. But the big thing for me was like if there's whiskey and food and friends and we're going to – yeah, it was it – was That would excellent. be my perfect trip. Yeah. It was really, really fun. And then we went to the Isle of Skye, mm-hmm. which was really – the scenery driving to the Isle of Skye was so stunning and beautiful. And we had an awesome tour guide, Andy. Andy was incredible. And was. We're now we're now Facebook friends, which I feel yes, honored yes. because I can still, you know, chase him as he posts stuff. But hilarious. He his stories were great. His knowledge of history was incredible. I mean, I think there is a certification process you have to go mm-hmm. through to be a licensed tour guide in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but absolutely, just incredible. And I, the key pinnacle thing for me with Andy was the was I think the last day or second yeah. to last day. He concluded the tour with telling us the true real story of Braveheart and how the movie is absolute trash <laughs> and took us out to, you know, the actual battlefield and told us the entire history of it. And it he, it, he narrated it in character mm-hmm. voices. Oh, I have to meet Andy. You will about, love Andy. About 20 minutes. I have a full video of Andy doing this whole presentation, which mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. I've showed all my friends and all my family. I'm like, this guy was great and it was hilarious. But he made the trip so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, and kind of thinking about like age demographic, right? Had you told me that a lot of the time you're going to be on a tour bus with a guide at the front on the microphone, I'd be like, oh, great, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be like uh, you know, Snore City, the geriatric tour or whatever. <laughs> but the guy was great. And he was very animated. Yeah, it was so entertaining. Even just listening to his stories was just mm-hmm. hilarious. He make you laugh, and then he make you cry. Yeah, like yeah, he all was, at the same yeah, time, right? It was like a, it was like your personal storyteller for the whole trip. He would just right. and he'd be quiet for a while and play some music, and then when you'd pass something, he'd say, "Oh, by the way, this is from Outlander, and this is what really happened there. This is from right. Braveheart. This is what really happened." And the Braveheart story was a story he wove through the entire the trip entire for the trip. whole week as we were yeah. traveling around. He was we were passing parts from the different parts of the story and the different characters and he was but the conclusion at the end was the one he had everybody crying when we were on the battlefield. I mean he was just telling us he's the See, long I'm, you're involved story, you know. Yeah. I would love that I am literally a part of Clan Duncan, Clan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And so I watch Outlander just because I enjoy it as a show. But my grandfather had always told me many stories that are a lot of very different from, of course, what they, yes. they're weaving the tale of. So I feel like Andy might be able to piece together some things mm-hmm. that, that are driving me insane right now. Between he was super knowledgeable. I mean, there wasn't anything that somebody asked him that he didn't say, oh, I was just reading about that. Like, I would just write a book about that. He was always educating yeah. himself. It was really cool. Well, you realize I have to actually go over there and meet people before they will release information to me mm-hmm. as a, you know, as like they know who my grandfather is. They're like, oh, yeah, we know your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to hear from you. Right. They want to see you. They want to meet you. They want to know why you want to know, and they want to know who you are. Right. And um, the druid in me is very excited about going back over there. It is interesting. You know, uh, one of the other guys on the trip, a good friend of mine, one of his uh, desires for that trip was to buy a kilt, right, from his Mm -hmm. family line. And so there are certain tartans that are public tartans, right? Like it's published, and so if you want to go buy a kilt – or have a kilt made of a certain tartan. You don't necessarily have to prove anything to say, I'd, to like, get that, that I'd like that pattern. Done. However, there are some that are privately registered that you may not. So, And you can't even see them unless you get permission. Well, right. So he could go potentially maybe get 
one or two of their designs that are public designs, but there might be a book of other tartans like a wedding tartan or such that you cannot unless you get permission. And so searching the tartan registry, my family lineage is not Scottish but English, but there are some uh, wedding tartans that are listed under my last name. And so I asked the kilt maker at the shop, if I wanted a tartan or a kilt made out of this tartan, can I do that? And he said, well, yes and no. He said, I can't do it for you unless you submit in writing for approval to whomever the person is who has this tartan registered and they have to give you permission in writing. Once I have that, then I can make you the kilt with that tartan. But there's a whole process legally that has to be gone through. You can't just point to it in the book and say, here's my driver's license with my last name. I need you to make that for me. I really love that, though. I do, too. Because like, you come over here and it's cool. like, you know, here, Vistaprint will print that for you, you right. know? It's yeah. not just the commercialism of it. It's it, yes. Right. It's actually the like heritage. It's the heritage. It means something more to them. Right? And when somebody sees you in that particular kilt and in that pattern, they right. know who your family is. Right. They, and they recognize that over there where I think that, unfortunately, we've lost sight of some of that over here in the U.S. of A. But mm-hmm. I I love hearing your story. Now I know Scotland has to be next. Yeah. There was also a lady on the tour who um, told me her family's clan castle was way up north on the Isle of Skye. And she said, I know it's really out of the way, so if we can't go, I understand, but I'd really like to go. And so we made the trek all the way to the very top and went to the McLeod clan castle. And it was really, really cool. <sighs> She's from New Zealand, and her sisters had told her, no tour guide's ever going to take you up there. It's like so far out of the way. And so she called him and woke him up in New Zealand at 3 in the morning and said, look where I am. And the clan chief still resides at the castle. And so um, there was a sign-in sheet. It said, the chief welcomes you. If you're a member of the clan McLeod, please sign in. And so I have a picture of her like signing in in the castle and her clan's castle, which was really so cool for all of us to get to experience with her because she was really touched by it. She was really into genealogy and had been researching it for years. But getting to watch someone have an experience like that was was really fun, too. How phenomenal. It yeah, really is. It. We could talk all day. Yes. You know that. You know, it's funny. Leah told me that you were going to tell great tales and really be able to <laughs> – Give that perspective because we've been wanting to talk to people who can tell those tales, can talk about why it's experience versus a trip. Mm-hmm. Why why going with Leah and with flip-flops, the flip-flop experience is an experience. Flip-flops and adventures is an adventure. It yeah. is. And I, for me personally, and I think this is kind of part of the business model, right, of the different groups you're trying to serve – One of the groups is the people that don't have the time to research or don't have the time to curate a trip themselves, right? And at the end of it, knowing that you can just like hand Leah your credit card info, like where are we going? Tell me when to be there and I don't have to worry about anything. I just show up and have a great time, which is fantastic because for new places you go, it is that where you don't know. So you want that expertise. But I would go back to any of the places again and just be like, let's go because (laughs) it's – it's such a great experience and you know all the work that you've done to curate these trips. That's a lot of hard work. It is. And, and so to be the beneficiary of that is really kind of an awesome thing. And it's not just because we're friends. Like if we were <laughs> friends, I would have gone on the first one and been like, that was great, Leah. Thanks. You know, I'm busy next month. I cannot go. But they really are just such great experiences. Thank you. And, you know, I don't know if I would go on trips without you, but at the same time, like we will definitely, all of us I know will do more of the flip flops trips because they're just so much fun and they're so well done. And some of those where it's like the first time to go to, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool learning with you, right? Because yeah. it's kind of just like 
hey, how can we help make this better, right? As you as you continue to to bring people back to some of these same destinations, it's, it's kind of fun to be on the inside VIP group where it's like, we're going to go someplace new this time. And, yeah. you know, you don't know what you don't know, right? It, something could be really cool or something maybe not, right? But you get to to really experience it and live it and give good feedback. And it's Yeah, I value really, the feedback really cool. so much. That's really – it's great to have friends who are clients because it's really nice to have both sides of that and to be able to get honest feedback and know because I'm always looking for what would make it better or, you know, what would – what was the thing I can't ever t- cut out to have to always keep, you know, those right. kinds of things. So it's good to know. And it's it's really an honor to me when people trust me with their memories. It's not just about your vacation budget. It's your memories. Like when I – get to be a part of somebody making those special memories and remembering it like that is like that's what makes me go and do all this it's what makes all the work worth it is is witnessing someone making those really special memories and creating those special moments that are that's my passion for sure absolutely and i think the other thing too that's been so special about them is the gaining of new friends through it yes yes right yes. and it's it's so funny because when we signed up for our first trip mm-hmm. it was like the next week, we called our friends who are also travelers and we're like, listen, Leah's got another room. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this thing. You should go with us. And they did. And so now that core group goes on yes. a lot of these trips. But that first trip to Italy, we met a few other couples, right? And that was super fun. And of mm-hmm. course, some of them live here locally. So then you get to be friends with them too. And you get to hang out when you're home. And then you go on multiple trips together, right? It's mm-hmm. so it's like, it's not just, you know, being friends with you. Now, you know, we're friends with 12 other people, yes. right, that are awesome, wonderful people. And so that's kind of cool, too, is it's not just a, a trip thing. It's a, you And know, I think you, it's part of that nice. same shared experience thing yeah. where you you make these really special memories together. So now those people are part of something really special to you. So right. then you want to keep on sharing those special things because you've, you've had these shared things before. And so I think that that's, that's so fun to me also to see when I put together a group and to think about like how these people don't know each other and then to see them being friends years down the road. And so, and that's to celebrate milestone birthdays together, anniversaries. Right. Um, and then I think when but we But are were, y'all gelato snobs? Like oh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't a gelato snob before, you will be after you go to my Yeah, Italy normally <laughs> in, in the past, I was really just an equal opportunity gelato word. Yes. Um, now you're spoiled and ruined on Correct. It. Yeah. Yes. It was, and a lot of that too, like um, – after going to the farm that first time and mm-hmm. making your own pasta. Yes. And then Which being, I suck at, by the well, way. Well, I do too. <laughs> but it, having to admit to these lovely Italian people that <laughs> the pasta we normally cook is the dried pasta. Yes. And they're like – Made by a machine. Yeah, and they're like, please don't do that. At least just buy <laughs> the you know uh, wet pasta from your grocer. And so we started doing that. We got home because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, at least I can do that. I don't have time to make – my own. But yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. Like you get so spoiled to the great food and just, you know, the, like the wine mm-hmm. uh, at the farm in Italy was great. We ordered a case of it. And then when it ran out, we were like, oh no, right? <laughs> trying to order more. Right? No, we need to order. <laughs> no, we still need to Yeah, wine, we were just olive talking oil, about right? Like, they said they're in on our next order too. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just, I don't know. There's so many of those great experiences everywhere, right? It's Scotland, like eating haggis and drinking you know, um, mm-hmm. some of the scotches that you would never try before, like that kind of stuff. It doesn't really matter where you go. I think if you are of the adventurous spirit where you're willing to try things that maybe are outside of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you get kind of a really good, you know, feel for that culture and what they're about, right? I think one of the mm-hmm. things, just as a side note on the food, I remember in Scotland, I think we were in Edinburgh, and mm-hmm. we did a walk one day, and our tour guide told us, one of the best Indian food restaurants oh, yeah. 
you will ever eat at is down the street over here. Give it a shot. And so we went into this amazing restaurant and had the most incredible Indian food I have ever had in my entire life because that culture is also prevalent in mm-hmm. Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so even that was like you wouldn't think I'm going to go to Scotland. And I'm going to have some the of the most Indian amazing food Indian life. food of my life, right? But I mean, I could have I could have carried out about ten pounds of like the the cheesy naan bread yes. they made. I was like, I'll just be taking this and <laughs> just stuff my backpack with the tiki masala. Okay, thanks. I think one of my favorite memories from Scotland was the first night when everybody got there, mm-hmm. and Scotland had been open for tourism for maybe three weeks before we got there. It was brand it was brand new, yes. open in the era of COVID. You know, so it was a lot of a lot of stress that first few days of everybody getting there and getting through the protocols and what we had to do. And so we all arrived and um, went to this pub with the Conan Doyle directly across from our hotel. We spent a lot of time there that weekend. And I think one time we went there three times in one day. But we sat down. We were hungry. Some of the last people trickled in from the airport. We sat down. And um, so I, I've said before on podcasts that I always say, if you can't share food, we can't be friends. So True. this group of people is like super – we will always share our food and we're always – Good food shares, but it was so funny because we sat down and like without discussing it, everyone listened to what everyone else ordered. And if you had thought about ordering that and someone ordered it, everybody just changed it. So that literally by the time she went on the table, we had like one of everything for the appetizers. We had one of everything for the entrees, and then dessert. We had one of everything for the entrees and or for the desserts. And it was so fun. And I, I remember telling him and saying like, guys, like we are in my happy place. We're all here together in Europe, sharing food with people that we love. Like this, this is the life. Like it was such a happy moment for me to be all together again, traveling and sharing food. So that's one of my favorite, like, okay, we're ready for a week of adventure. It's begun. We've begun. <laughs> this is the official beginning. Right. And we were all recently COVID tested, so we could share food. Yeah, we could share fine. food. Yeah, we all great. knew. <laughs> We'd been vaccinated and COVID tested, everyone's, so we, everyone's could, we could eat off each other's fork. It was fine. We're ready. <laughs> well, I think this has been a great show. And you were right. Chris is a great guest. Yes. You really are. Well, I, I hope you will come back. I, I can talk about lots of different things for a long time. So. <laughs> We'll have you back after your next trip. Now you have to go figure out where that's going to be. We're going to go meet in the lobby and discuss. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have my credit card ready. (laughs) There you go. She Actually, she's got – she probably has something ready to go for you. Oh, I do. I've always got ideas. Actually, we talked yesterday. I wasn't going to say that, but (laughs) – you know, that's the funny thing is that you call Leah and you go, by the way, I think I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you for joining us My today. Pleasure. Thank you for we having We have really enjoyed talking to you. I learned some things today. I Scotland's got to happen. It's just it got to happen soon. It's in the works. Andy and I were texting the other day. So. But I just can't go without you. No, don't do it. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. You'll get FOMO and I'll get yeah. FOMO. Well, and everybody gets FOMO around you. <laughs> so, well, without further ado, we're going to cut it. This has been another wonderful episode of the Flip Flop Experience with Leah Thrapp and me, myself, and I, Marla Watson. We thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Happy adventuring. Thanks for being part of the Flip Flop Experience. Make sure to subscribe and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Flip Flops and Adventures. Stay tuned for a preview of our next episode. People don't realize that you could use the money you're already spending. You're not changing anything. It's just the same money that you already were spending, but it can pay for your travel. Exactly. I have people, you know, friends and family, people on Facebook think, That we're either crazy in debt or we're crazy rich or just crazy (laughs) because we travel all the time. But it's really none of those things. We're just kind of an average, ordinary family, but we really use those miles and points to our advantage to travel.